are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. As the parent of three wonderful daughters who are amazing, I have to acknowledge tonight that Kristen has done a great job, and um, she has, she's done a great job. They are blessed to be able to reflect her goodness, Um, but I also am reminded that it doesn't come natural for kids to say thank you. And it's something that we have to do as parents, we choose to do, that we teach our kids manners. Anybody ever have to teach your kid manners? Got some parents and some grandparents, any grandparents teaching your children's children manners because your children are not capable of teaching them manners? I don't know, but, but it's not a natural thing for us to say thank you. We have to teach them. We have to acknowledge, hey, you just, I just poured the milk for you. Say thank you. <laughs> kind of takes the, the blessing out of it, I guess. But, uh, but we're training, we're teaching because it's, it's not a natural thing. And there's a reason for that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, Paul acknowledges a culture, and he says that in the last days, this is going to be pretty common. This is what life's going to be like. He said, men will be lovers of themselves. It's going to be common. Men are be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters. Thank you, social media, proud. Thank you, social media. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and the list goes on. But listed in that group is this phrase, unthankful. We understand the the weight of boasters or proud or blasphemers, how weighty that word is, or even disobedient to parents, which, I mean, it's a... Uh, uh, you're transgressing the Ten Commandments there, but unthankful shows up in that dramatic list. Unthankful. And I want to submit tonight, there are three reasons that we ought to be thankful. Because it's pretty easy to live an unthankful life life. You can kind of get through life and just make your way through life and not really grab a hold of the power of thanksgiving. Three reasons I want to give you tonight are very simple. Number one, I am thankful because it puts me in the right position to connect to God. 
When I am thankful, it puts me in the right position to connect to God. Many of you are familiar with this psalm, Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That thankfulness sets us up. Thankfulness positions us to connect to God, to experience the power and the presence of God. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And he follows that up with this, be thankful unto him and bless his name. It's like he's coming back to this idea that when we are thankful unto him, it's like opening the doors to the power and presence of God. It, it literally opens the door so that when I'm thankful, when I'm in that mindset, that attitude of thankfulness, all of a sudden there's something that comes over me that says, I want to bless his name. It opens the door so we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, this attitude of thanksgiving, and we enter his courts with praise. His presence comes near when we praise him. Psalm chapter 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generation. But I can't understand that. I can't even get a grasp of how wonderful his mercy is to me unless I start with an attitude of thankfulness. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Because thankfulness is really an act of humility. Thankfulness is an act of humility. When I tell you thank you, I'm acknowledging the fact that you've done something that I needed in my life, that I'm not self-sufficient. I acknowledge that I needed you in my life, so I say, thank you. When I pour the milk for the kids, the reason we want them to say thank you is to acknowledge that they needed me. Because people who are self-sufficient don't say thank you. They have no reason to say thank you. But thankfulness is this attitude and this act of humility. Every time you say thank you to God, you're acknowledging that you needed God. Paul describes a viewpoint of pride and he says that there's a, there's a viewpoint that you can have where you don't even need God. And he, ex, he expounds on it in Romans chapter 1. He says that there, there were people that although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things, that they had no need of God. And so they had no reason to say thank you to God. Thankfulness is an act of humility that puts you in a position to connect to God. 
And that's why it doesn't matter what you're going through in life or what you walked in this room with tonight. The position we take when we come into the house of God is I enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's the first thing I do regardless of what's going on because I realize that I need him in my life. We realize that, number two, I am thankful because it brings God near. It brings God near. God is attracted to humility. Psalm chapter 147, verse 6, the Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. That thankfulness brings God near to us doesn't just bring us a step closer to God, which it does. We take that first step. But God is a, attracted to thankfulness. He's attracted to that attitude that says, I'm thankful, I'm grateful for what you've done for me. God inhabits the what? Praises of his people. Why? Because praise comes out of a mouth that's thankful. Psalm chapter 149, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify who? The humble with salvation. He brings salvation to those who are humble, those who are thankful, those who need God. 1 Peter chapter 5, 6, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. God is attracted to humility. And he's attracted to thankfulness. And finally, thankfulness gives us power. Gives us power. James chapter 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace. Everyone say grace. Grace to the humble. It's God's ability in your life. He empowers the humble. God empowers the thankful. And so James chapter 4 verse 10, he says, humble yourself therefore in the sight of God and he will lift you up. We realize that our ability to be empowered by God's grace has to do with our ability to be thankful and to be humble in his presence. Thankfulness is a powerful attitude in your life. It's a powerful attitude because it positions you to connect with God. God is attracted to it and it will empower you. And so what are you thankful for tonight? What has God done for you tonight? He's done so many amazing things in this room, so many stories across this room where God has lifted those who have humbled themselves before him. God has beautified many in this room with salvation because you humbled yourself and you said you were thankful. So what are you thankful for tonight? We move through this service tonight. I want to invite a few people to this platform who are going to share with us 
what God has done for them. I want Sister Beverly Langford to come. She's going to kick us off tonight. I love this precious woman of God. She's been at Calvary a, a few years, and she is, if you don't know, this is Anthony Henson's grandmother, and uh, she's been through some trials, even in the last few years, but when we were looking to consider who we could have speak tonight, she came to the front of the list. Such a wonderful lady, and I'm thankful for her. You ready? <laughs> Would you appreciate Sister Beverly Langford tonight? I love you. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> tonight I'd like to share my journey of love and miracles, and in time, my trust in the Lord. I came from a broken home with an alcoholic father, and uh, my mother raised my brother and I. So working on the first miracle is my journey when I found Jesus. I was 17, invited to a Pentecostal church, and uh, thought they were a little crazy, but I had never seen that before, and I thought, well, I won't be back, but I'll, I'll stay for the service. Well, I went back <laughs> and baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. That was my first miracle. My second miracle was finding a Christian husband and being married, having a family, in serving the Lord. And my husband's name was James Campbell, Reverend James Campbell. He and my son both went into the ministry the same time in the same year. My husband was in his late 40s, and Randy was graduating from Bible school. That was a miracle. And I mean Randy was graduating from Bible school. Bless his heart, he was one of my strong children. Um... We were married and had three children. We had Jimmy, Randy, and Debbie. Um, At the age of 26, I was designated to find out that I had uh, thyroid cancer. Again, I trusted the Lord because we knew I was young in the Lord, and I really had a peace about it. However, uh, I had to go through some testing and trials with it, and in, in those I did trust the Lord. I had two surgeries, six weeks apart, and with those surgeries, I had uh, radiation and cobalt. Um, This was a time in our life and a journey in our life that was struggling for us, but Jesus took us through. I do know that he was in charge all the time. I had, when I had the treatments and got through with the treatments, and I had done everything the doctor told me to do, I knew that Jesus had stepped in and I got my healing. And so I was told not to 
have any more children because of the cobalt and radiation that I had that they would cause deformity in a child. Well, we didn't think anything about that, but a year later, uh, I had a bouncing baby girl, and she was perfect in all ways, and that was another miracle in our life. I do know that during our life, we had we were serving the Lord with everything we had. We raised a family, had a lot of teenagers at the same time, but we enjoyed them, and they enjoyed having us as parents, is what they said. We learned, we learned to trust in Jesus. And uh, coming with, now I've given you the miracles that we've had, the love that we've had, and the service that we gave. Uh, starting with 2000 is where I learned to put my trust in Jesus. When I found out that my husband had uh, bone cancer, and he was in the four stages of it, and uh, he gave him 24 hours to live in the hospital. Well, the church wouldn't have that. They came to the hospital, lined up down the hall, and prayed and prayed. And lo and behold, the doctor came in and said, I think we'd like to try something new. And so we said, okay, we would do that. So they did that, and we had 18 months precious time still with Brother Campbell. So that was a blessing. The time was 10 days exactly when Debbie lost her husband of 17 years. And Jim and I had 43 years. So 10 days apart, we were widowed together. There again, we depended on Jesus to take us through this journey because life is a journey every time and every way we go. So that was in 2000. In uh, 2005, I met a gentleman, a good man of God, Mac Langford, who was one of the original ones that started the services with Brother and Sister uh, Pasley Sr. years ago. He was one that stood by them and started the church with them. And we were married for 12 years. 2016 came along, and nothing could have prepared me for the journey I was about to begin. However, I did know that Jesus was with me, and he kept us and kept me strong. We got through that, and uh, Debbie was diagnosed with uh, cancer, lung cancer, and, uh, and that was May of 2016. We had her for two months, and then after two months, she went to be with Jesus on August 13th. Needless to say, this journey was long and hard, but I do know Jesus was with me. I put my trust in Jesus at any cost because I knew what he had given in the past, and I knew we were dedicated to him, and he knew he wouldn't pour more on us than what we could handle, although at times it did seem like it was. But I do have to say that through, through it all, all of my trials... My miracles overwhelmed me that I had and have always, thank God for them, outweighed the trials that we had. The miracles were a long time. His footprints always went before me. We always leaned on him. 
and I have a wonderful, loving family that stands by me and upholds me, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't live without them. I shouldn't say that because I could if that's what Jesus it would happen. <laughs> but I do. I do have a family that stands by me, and I love them. I'm a part of a great church, a part of a great church family and friends. For this, I am thankful, and I am blessed. What a beautiful story, and uh, so thankful for just what she adds every week to the Calvary Church, and uh, very thankful for Sister Langford. I'm going to invite two great men to the platform tonight, two great young men, Noah Hurd and Joshua Jones. They recently took part in a special event in Indianapolis where it's called Junior Ascend, and it was um, an opportunity that was given to them because they are both students at the Calvary Academy, and they had the opportunity to uh, preach a sermon in front of judges. I do that every week. Sister Reed is brutal. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. But uh, they did a tremendous job, and uh, did y'all win some ribbons or something? Would would you win? Second? First. First and second. All right, we we got first and second right here. And so I'm going to have them both share their sermons, uh, beginning to allow their life to be used by the Lord, and I'm so thankful for them. I'm going to allow you to go first. Good evening. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. Please help me deliver this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I would like to start with a verse. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This verse tells us that God loves us so much that he had his only Son die on the cross to save us. He also tells us that whoever believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life in heaven. The Bible tells us how to have eternal life in heaven. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. John 3.5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. These verses give us a plan to get to heaven. They tell us what we need to do to have eternal life in heaven. Even after we do these things, it's not over. We have to keep seeking him to fight sin. If we continue to seek him, we will have the life that God planned for us. First Chronicles 16.11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Continuing to seek the Lord will help you have a better relationship with him and help you live a Christian life. 
This applies to me as a nine-year-old boy and can apply to anyone at any age. After I got baptized and received the Holy Ghost, I started responding differently to people. I have two brothers and we can fight sometimes. I found myself responding differently to them, trying to be nicer because I wanted to please God. I'm still faced with sin, so to seek God, I pray, go to church to praise Him, and read my Bible. I continue to seek Him because I want to have eternal life in heaven with Him. To end, I want to tell you that God loves us all. He wants us to repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Ghost. This applies to anyone regardless of who you are. Whether you're a kid or the pastor of a church, you must always continue to seek God. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, I pray that someone uses this message. I pray that I continue to seek you. I pray that we all have a good rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, my name is Noah Hurd. Do you ever wonder if God is with you? The Bible promises us lots of times that God is always with us. For example, Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. Another one of my favorite verses I use to remind myself, God is faithful and will not ever leave me, is Deuteronomy 31.6. It tells us, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. One of my favorite stories in the Bible I use to remind myself God is always with us is the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Daniel was in trouble with the king and his priests because he would not pray to any other god except for the one true God. Even when the jealous priests and scribes got a law past getting him in trouble, he did what he knew was right. Because Daniel broke the law, he was punished and thrown into the lion's den. It was a death sentence. How could anyone survive a night alone in the den of lions? But God protected Daniel. It tells us in Daniel 6.22, My God has sent his angel and he shot the mouths of the lions, for they have not hurt me. There was a time when I had to trust God with me. Right before Christmas, a couple years ago, my stepdad was not feeling well and he had to go to the hospital. He needed to have an open heart surgery to stay alive. It was scary while he was sick and it was still hard when he came home. It took a pretty long time for him to get better. But I trust God to take care of me and my family. My stepdad is healthy again and can do all the things he used to do. I know God was with me when I was worried, and I know God is with me each and every day. If you have a time you remember like that, thank him for staying with you. We can always know God will be with us because his word, the Bible, reminds us, even promises us, and God's word never lies. Good job. That was, that's pretty impressive. That was awesome. Well done, both of you guys. And my heart's encouraged today. Thankful, thankful. Want Natasha to come at this time. This is a wonderful young lady who has started attending our church in the last number of months. But the Lord has done a, 
uh, tremendous work in her life even recently. I don't know if you're going to share some of that maybe, but uh, we're thankful that she's here and uh, she really helps us and she's always got friends and family here and uh, we're so thankful you're a part of the Calvary Church. Would you give Natasha a great round of applause? I was so, so nervous to get up here. And when I saw those, those two amazing kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. <laughs> oh, they did really, really good. Um, um, first, I would like to start giving thanks um, to Pastor for giving me the opportunity to be standing here and talk to you all. It has been a blessing to be part of the Calvary. Um, since, I, since I began coming here, the staff, um, the youth, has been so lovely and amazing to me. And I, I'm really thankful for the opportunity that the Lord has given me. Um, when I began my journey with God, I was so 12 years old. The first time I was invited to an apostolic church, it was with my little brother. All we could think was... These people are literally crazy. <laughs> what I didn't know was that the Holy Spirit was, in, was moving in them. After that day, that the lady that invited us insisted that we should go again. My 12-year-old self said, I don't know what, we're going, what, what we got into. After going for several months, I began to like it. As we know, little kids don't tolerate anything, and I especially learned this with my brother. Um, he had a little problem with kids and never wanted to go back, but I decided to stay. Um, the Lord had a plan for me. Um, three months after that, I went to a youth service, and I would never think in one million years that um, my life was going to change that night. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. From there, my life was different, and I felt like I was walking in a garden full of roses. From there, um, my life was just began. The journey that God had planned for me, um, it began. He never promised to be easy, but he promised to be with me. Um, the first thing that happened was my parents were not letting me to get baptized, and that was one of my first mountains that I had to cross. And I just began to pray, and I was like, Lord, I know you, you're able, and I know you have power for my parents to change their mindset. Um, in 2016, I, told, I sat with my dad, and my mom was like, well, you have to talk to him. I let you, but you have to talk to your dad. And I sat by him. I was like, look, if the Lord comes or if I die, it's going to be your fault that I wasn't baptized, you know? <laughs> and he just sat there looking at me like, okay. Um, he was like, but what is your reasoning? Why do you want to get baptized so bad? And I told him, look, this is what the Bible says. This is what I have to do to be saved. And this is my desire. This is in my heart. The Lord has already filled me with the Holy Ghost. I just need to be baptized. Please let me. And March um, um, 6, yeah, March 6, 2016, I was baptized. And I was so thankful because... 
It was two days before my birthday, so I had a reason to celebrate two times. Um, and this is one of my, one of the things that I'm really thankful for, for being able to be baptized. And one of the miracles that God showed me, that he's there and he was never going to leave me. Another thing that happened was um, I always prayed to the Lord that, hey, please use me. I want you to use me in anything you want. Um, and every aspect, use, use me. And the Lord showed me that he, he wanted to work uh, through me for my parents. And in 2000, and, uh, no, sorry. Okay, in 2015, I, was, I went through some things, and I was diagnosed with acute psychosis. And the doctors say I was never going to be the same. I was in a room full of kids that they weren't them. It was just um, spirits all over them, and and I didn't know what to do. I was like, Lord, if you have me here, it's for a reason. And they just began to give me pills, pills that were basically drugs, and and they were just drugging me. Through that process, the Lord showed me that uh, if you can trust me and you can put my trust in me, I would do anything. And I remember when I told my, I called my parents and I said, hey, I, I need you guys to take me out of here. Um, this is not good. And so that day they brought me home. Um, I felt like half of my body was like dying. And all I can think of was, Lord, if you want me to go, I'll go, but save my parents. And through that process, um, all I learned was that put my, the Lord said, put, my, put your trust in me. Put your trust in me. And that day, the church came. My parents called the church, and they began to pray over me. And I, I was healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that's another one of one another thing that I'm thankful for. And my parents were able to see that healing. Um, they just wanted me to be healed. And the Lord did that. It, he showed them that he's able. And um, also in 2015, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. If many of you guys know, um, the body um, attacks other things that come. And so the body re was reacting to itself. He was attacking itself. That's what happens with Crohn's disease. And it's not easy. Um, I had to cope with what I have to eat and the things that, um, that I'm able to eat and things like this. And um, this past summer, I had surgery, and when I went in, into the surgery room, I said, I'm not going to have a negative mind. All I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to have a mentality that when I get out of here, this is all going to be gone. And um, I got a result, and like Pastor said, um, a couple of uh, a month ago or so, um, I went into the doctor's office, and he said, you're healed. 
And this was one of the things that I was like, wow, Lord, if I really put my trust and, and I let you work, you really do. And you're there. You're alive. When sometimes I have such a negative mind that I, all I think is of, oh, no, he's maybe going to do it halfway. Oh, no, it's not going to happen. But we have to have that positive mind that it is going to happen because it's evil. He, and he healed me. And I still have to go take pills and stuff for, for it to calm down. But I know he's going to do it all, all together. He's going to do it one more time, and, and the, crows, the crones is going to be gone. Amen. Thank you. Good night. Amen. We have a couple more, and I'm so, so wonderful to hear people's stories. Want uh, Wellington Sanchez to come and uh, appreciate this uh, wonderful family uh, that have really dove right into the Calvary Church. Um, Wellington, uh, Diana, and Laura, we've been doing a Bible study for a number of months, and uh, just a tremendous family. He has a heart for God and um, is uh, reaching out, and um, I just have a lot of a love and appreciation for you, Wellington, and I, I want you to just share your story tonight. Hi. I'm a little nervous. I've never been the speaking in the stage before. So just uh, be patient. My English is like a little rough, but I mean, I try my best. You can understand me. I wanted to share um, how uh, we ended up here in Calvary Church. You know, I was uh, away from God for a long time, for like 18 years. I wanted to find my way to church, but uh, I didn't know how, you know. So suddenly one day... Um, um, these girls, they invited me to a church that was coming over here. And I say no a couple of times, you know. So, typical. <laughs> so, finally, uh, I say yes one time, and I ended up coming over here, you know. And this girl, at first, you know, she became my friend, and then, you know, she... Years later, she became my wife, and I was here. You know, I was here in church, and I thought, okay, I'm in already, you know, and that's it, I'm in. So one day, she asked me, are you baptized? I was like, yes, I'm baptized. And she was like, okay. So she was like, how did you get baptized? I was like, just like everyone else, like, you know, they dunked me under the water, and I got baptized like that. And she was like, okay. And then she was like, what name did they use for you to get baptized? i like, what do you mean, what name? And I was like, she was like, yes, what name? And then I told her, like, you know, 
And that church that I got baptized, they baptized people differently. I got baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I told her that, and she was like, well, that's wrong. You're not supposed to get baptized like that. You're supposed to get baptized under Jesus' name. And I was like, really? I mean, that's the first time I ever heard that. I never heard that before in my life, you know. And I was, I was kind of lost. I was like, well, I need a minute, you know, to think about it, you know, if the, this is the right move, you know, to, to make. And I was uh, talking to uh, Pastor Pashley, you know. I mean, and I told him, I told him, you know, that uh, how uh, I got baptized. And, uh, and then I also told him, too, you know, that uh, I needed some time, you know, to make up my mind, you know, if it's, it was going to be the right move to make, you know. So I think he talked to Pastor Tom and told him about it. So we started visiting uh, different churches, like Hispanic churches, you know. And then the preacher, at the end of the service, they started saying, you know, if anybody over here uh, wanted to get baptized under Jesus' name, now's the time. Because you supposedly get baptized under Jesus' name. And I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then we went to different church, same thing. I was like, okay. So suddenly one, one, one day... Um, I was, uh, I had a donation, I had a check uh, right to church, uh, Calvary Church. So that day was on Saturday. I went up on my office and I was going to change the name. I was going to put different church on it. Because the next day we was going to go to different church. <laughs> Alright? So that night I had a dream. A dream of uh, Pastor Tom. We, uh, I saw him in this uh, big building, like uh, construction. I saw him in the stairwells, and we, uh, we was talking, you know. He was like, hey, Wellington, where you been? How you been? You know, uh, we miss you. I haven't seen you in a while. And, you know, we start talking. And then, for some reason, that check, I was going to change, put a different name on it. I forgot about it. And I put him on a black folder. And the very next day, I mean, sorry. Uh, so whenever I was talking to Pastor uh, Tom, I saw the black folder where I put that check in. And I told him, like, hey, Pastor, wait up. I got something for you. So that next morning, you know, she was like, oh, we're going to go to this church. I was like, no, we're going to Calvary Church. <laughs> because, you know, we was praying and forgot to show us which church. Because we need a home, you know. Because I told her, I'm, I'm, I'm tired, you know. I don't want to be busy in church every weekend. I just wanted to have a church we can go, something we can call home, you know. So God led us over here. So now the uh, baptized, you know. <sighs> I finally, that day whenever we came over here, Pastor um, um, Parsley, he was preaching. And again, at the end of the service, he was like, if anybody over here wanted to get baptized in the name of Jesus, now is the time. I'm like, all right, that's it. <laughs> so I called Pastor Parsley, and I told him, like, you know, what? 
um, I'm ready. I'm going to get baptized. And then he already explained to him. And then he told me to call him or text him because he sent me his number. So I text him. He was out of town somewhere, Elena, or I don't know where he was. And he was like, let me get to my hotel and I will call you. So he called me and I told him, Pastor, I'm ready. I wanted to get baptized. And he was like, all right, I'm out of town right now, but I'm getting back on the weekend. So I'm personally, I'm going to baptize you. And I was happy, you know, to, because he was going to baptize me, you know. I was like, awesome. So whenever I got here, um, on that week, before that, I was praying the whole week. Everywhere. Work. If I was doing anything, I was just praying up on my mind, you know. And I was asking the Lord to show me. If, we, if this was the right move to make. I wanted to receive the Holy Spirit that day that I got baptized. And I was praying, and I was praying, and I wanted it, you know. So that day, whenever uh, we were we uh, was uh, worshiping, and then he uh, went over there and started praying for me. I mean, I think he knew, but he didn't tell me anything. But that day, whenever we, we went back to the room, I got baptized. Soon I got out of the water. I was speaking in tongue. I started like, you know, like, it was awesome. It's something like, I don't have a word to explain what, what was happening back in the room. I felt like uh, myself was taken away and put like uh, in the middle of the ocean with many waters. And I was feeling this energy through my body going up and down. And I felt like uh, I was like inside of the bubble, you know, like uh, because I, I can hear the echo in the room. So whenever I got baptized, whenever we left the, uh, the church, I, I didn't want to leave the church. I want to just continue in prayer. So that day we went to the restaurant because, you know, we were celebrating that I got baptized. So I, was, I put my sunglasses on because I was crying. I was driving. I was crying. I was feeling this energy going through my veins, like up and down, up and down. And then uh, we got to the restaurant, and uh, I parked the truck, and I was going to tell my wife, you know what, just go. I just wanted to stay there by myself and then continue to pray because uh, what I was feeling, it was, it was powerful. I mean, you cannot, I, you, I cannot describe what I was feeling. It was, it was awesome, you know. And here we are. And right now, you know, we uh, uh, open up our home every Tuesday and uh, started having like Bible studies with uh, new people, try to preach them, try to teach them, you know, about Bible, about Jesus, about salvation. That's what we're trying to do right now. But everything we did, you know, is because the Lord led us over here. And... Thank you, everybody, for your kindness, and you guys make us feel welcome, make us feel like a we home, like a we belong here. So, thank you so much. Thank you. This is a great family, so thankful for what God is doing has done in them, but how God is using them. On Tuesday night, they, like he said, they've opened their home, 
and they are they are having Bible study with a, a touch of music. Uh, Sister Julie and I have been there a couple times, and uh, we're trying to learn Spanish. We're trying. We, we're doing our best, but it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity, and I thank God for that great family. And uh, to conclude tonight, uh, no, uh, no pressure, but uh, I am so thankful for Josh and Keisha Brown and what God is doing in their life. <clears throat> and um, they've been coming to Calvary for some time, but they have just really uh, made moves towards God in the last couple years that are just tremendous. And I honor them for that, and I'm excited to have them share with you a little bit about their journey with the Lord. Amen. Love you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. I'm a little old school, sorry. Um, thank you, Pastor Tom. Um, we're a lot higher than usually are. Um, so my wife and I, uh, we come from two very different backgrounds. Uh, my wife grew up around the church and around Christians, and myself, I didn't know what a Christian was, basically. Uh, nonetheless, our marriage in 2012 was when God really put himself in our lives and kind of started heading us in the right direction. Um, and we knew that when we got married that our family needed to be raised in Christ. That's one of the things that he kind of opened up to our minds is now that we're not individuals, we're still to, or we're together and we're building something together. We need to put it in Christ. Um, like I said, I grew up uh, with a Catholic father, and um, he was a sort of a non-practicing Catholic. Uh, we would go from time to time, but he was in the military, and he still is for whatever reason. It's way too long. Um, but so we moved around a lot. So we didn't really have uh, a home church, and I didn't really have home for more than a couple years until I got into middle school. Um, I had heard and felt God's presence uh, throughout my, my early life, my early uh, adult life, which was very uh, traumatic, I guess you could say. Um, whether it was, um, well, we'll just skip that. Right. Uh, but, but even though I knew God's presence was there, I hadn't built that relationship with him to actually listen to it. You know, it's one of them things where, you know, you shouldn't do that, but you still do it. And come to find out, you know, years later, yeah, you probably shouldn't have did that. Um, and even as a full-blown sinner, you know, I, I, myself, and I think I can include my quiche in that, is we, we used to hide our face from Jesus, you know, um, the bad kid that's in the corner trying not to get caught. Um, but Christ saved us, you know. Uh, our book is not written, it's not closed, and the period is not on the end. And he still kept us safe. Even when we were out there doing what we, had to, what we were doing, he still kept us safe because we're still standing here breathing. Uh, Evangelist Coley, uh, Keisha's grandmother, was the first one that opened my heart to God uh, regularly since we got uh, married. We used to speak to God, or speak about God and, and our religion and my experiences and things like that. And that she's really the one that kind of opened my heart to, to wanting to be next to God. Um, at that time, I had maybe thought about it. You know, that's a good idea. 
Um, that would be nice if I could do that. Um, but what she really did was make me long for it. And her faith in Christ showed me that the void that I had been trying to fill with my sinning ways was what God had put there in the first place, and it was him to fill. Um, since discovering the Calvary Church, I have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. I have been baptized in Jesus' name. And these are things that Keisha was able to experience as a young, uh, young teen, things that I had no idea about. Um, together, for us, there have been many ups and downs, as any marriage couple, married couple can tell you. Um, but we continue to strive to make Jesus not only just the center of the Brown family, but the center of my life, the center of her life, and the center of all three of our daughters' lives. Um, because it's great to have a family rooted in Christ, but I think that you have to take a little bit of a personal responsibility and go get it yourself. Um, we are graciously thankful for the family that we found here at Calvary. Um, I've, I've never felt um, belonging in a church ever until I came here. I mean, it wasn't that hard. I never really went. But, um, but through life groups, life groups, um, fellowship, Bible study, um, and worship, you know, we found Christians and people that we truly do admire and p- people we aspire to be as deeply rooted in faith as many of you have made a good example of here. Um, and so we just... Oh, wait. Um, so just thank you, seriously. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. Well, let me not put her in that, but I have a lot of work to do. And none of us are perfect, but God knows that, and that's why we're here, right? So praise be to God. That's awesome. We're going to invite our praise team to come. If you'll stand with us, we're going to sing, and then we're going to go into communion. Did you enjoy all those testimonies? Amen. I just feel thankful today. What a great church the Calvary Church is. And uh, so many backgrounds, so many different things that the Lord has done in all of our lives. But there's one central thing all of us have in common. We needed Jesus. We needed Jesus. And I'm thankful today for his mercy and his love that he has shown us. And he's shown it, not just his presence, but he's shown it with each one of us as he's he's allowed us to be partnered together for something great for his kingdom. We're going to just offer a prayer of thanksgiving in this moment. We're going to sing, and then Kristen's going to come, and we're going to conclude with communion. But would you offer the Lord some thanksgiving? Maybe you were reminded of your story tonight. God, thank you for where you brought us through and brought us from. God, I'm so thankful for the power of God. So thankful for the love of God that reached for us, that has been reaching for us for a long time. God, we honor you. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your kindness. God, you're so wonderful. You're so good to us. In Jesus' name, thank you. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, 
and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.